0: Good Sunday morning. City Gate Church and Pastor Howie Cantrell welcome you to this week's broadcast. We encourage you to tune in each Sunday morning at 730 right here on 100.7 WHIN or visit us in person at 734 Red River Road in Gallatin, Tennessee. Services start at 945. And now, Pastor Howie Cantrell.
1: Today I'm I'm ready to, to dig us back into Revelation the seven churches. Today we're going to be looking at Sardis and we're going to be on part six. And so I'm going to ask if we can pay real close attention. Let's watch this video and just see how it speaks to us today.
0: In the book of Revelation, we are told of seven letters Jesus wrote to churches in what was then Asia Minor an area now known as the country of Turkey. Located about 30 miles south of Thyatira was the city of Sardis. This city was located at the crossroads of some of the most important roads in Asia. This location made it one of the world's great trading centers and contributed to its great wealth. In fact, the first coinage ever to be minted in Asia was minted in Sardis. Some have said that Sardis was the place where modern money was born. Most noticeable in Sardis was the Acropolis which rose about 800 feet above the north section of the city. It was protected by rock walls which were nearly vertical except on the south side where there were steep cliffs. This made it a fortress that was almost impenetrable and provided protection from invading armies Only twice was it ever captured, though attacks on it were frequent. Each time it was captured, it was because guards had fallen asleep, leaving the city vulnerable to attack. This memory would be important to the church where Jesus instructed John to write, Wake up! But if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief and you will not know at what time I will come to you. As with other cities, Sardis contained many temples to the gods it worshiped. In fact, Sardis had a temple to Diana that equaled the size of the famous temple of Artemis in Ephesus. However, the temple at Sardis was never completely finished. The city of Sardis was for many years wealthy beyond imagination, but this wealth also led to its downfall. The people became self-indulgent and self-satisfied. Its citizens were known for combining wild sexual orgies with their worship of heathen gods. One historian summed up ancient Sardis this way, No city in the whole province of Asia had a more splendid history than Sardis. No city of Asia at that time showed such a melancholy contrast between past splendor and present decay as Sardis. Its history was the exact opposite of Smyrna. Smyrna was dead and yet lived. Sardis lived and was dead. While the church in Sardis seemed healthy on the outside, on the inside, she was dead. The church had become like the city in which she resided. The church, which was once vibrant and effective, had become lazy and ineffective. Impressed with her past, the church was not alert to face the challenges of the present or the future. There's also evidence of a large Jewish population in Sardis. While the church there found protection from the Romans in the synagogue, some were now being put out and their names removed from the synagogue registers because they refused to renounce the name of Jesus. It was to this church that Jesus wrote. To the angel of the church in Sardis write, These are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up. Strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have not found your deeds complete in the sight of my God. Remember therefore what you have received and heard, obey it and repent. But if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief and you will not know at what time I will come to you. Yet you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes. They will walk with me dressed in white, for they are worthy. He who overcomes will like them be dressed in white. I will never blot out his name from the Book of Life, but will acknowledge his name before my Father and his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches.
1: I'm grateful for the Salisbury Church there in Maryland. I've been there, not to this church, but I've been to Salisbury, Maryland many times, and I'm really grateful for the work that they did in putting this out. Today, if you're a, a visitor and it's your first time with us or first time with us online, we're going through the entire book of Revelation. And if you will and you have your Bibles with you, turn to Revelation chapter 3 and we're going to go through verses 1 through 6 today. And we have we bought 75 of the Revelation books of the Bible just a single book of the Bible the book of Revelation and we have given all 75 of them out because this has become so popular among so many people and so we have ordered some more Uh, Donna set that up before she left and so we're gonna have some more so I encourage you if you haven't received one don't feel bad we're gonna get some more in and we'll make sure that everybody gets some amen and so as we go through this today there's some things that I, I want us to understand There's so many parallels and and I want to be very careful as we go through this today and take our time. If you know me, you know that I am not rushing this. I'm not trying to push through this because this information is so important and we want to take the time to get to understand it and get to know it and let it soak in and let us absorb that. And so when I'm coming at you today with this, these thoughts, I want you to think about what the video was talking about when it's talking about how that they were alive and they were wealthy, but the church was dying. The church was literally dying. It was called dead. And I think about our country. I think about the nation of America and and it was founded upon God. If If you study your history of America at all, you know that when the ships came to land, that they were off course and they landed in a different place and they had to rewrite their charters. But the reason that people came to this country, the reason that this country was developed was not just so that they could find a new place to live, it was so that they could have religious freedom. They could have freedom to worship their God. And what happens in so many of these situations is that we express freedoms, we get freedom, and then we go back to bondage. It's the same it was with the children of Israel in the wilderness when they said, Did we leave and come out here just to die? And they forgot what they had been through. And I want to say to us today, let's not forget those who fought to give us what we have, the freedom to worship God openly and freely. Amen? So let's dig in today to the word. And to the angel of the church of Sardis write, These things says he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars i know your works that you have a name that you are alive but you are dead now when i was reading this and i started going through it i'm like okay i got the seven stars because i know that represents the the angels of the seven churches or the or the representatives or the pastors of the seven churches we've already been through that but i'm like lord okay what's the deal about the seven spirits what is the seven spirits of god and as i began to study and began to look I found in the scripture, if we go to Isaiah chapter 11, verse two, that it mentions this. It says, the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And if you notice, I put a menorah here, a seven candle menorah. And I can think in in the Bible later, we're gonna study as he walks through the seven (laughs) candlesticks. We need to understand that these are the seven spirits of God, the spirit of the Lord himself, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might, the spirit of knowledge, and the spirit that comes with a fear of the Lord. Now, when I was looking at this and I'm saying the fear of the Lord, God, I'm not supposed to be afraid of you. You're supposed to be my father. And I was kind of conflicted a little bit about that until I started thinking about my earthly father and I love my father I love him with an undying love he's the only father I've ever had on this earth and he's the only father that I ever will have on this earth but what I'm wanting you to hear today is that when my dad would break that belt out and he could take that dude off of his and it'd be like and you could hear every one of those belt loops some of y'all don't know that it's okay Some of the world don't know that today. It's evident. I'm just going to say amen by myself. But my daddy would take that belt off, boy, and then, and I mean, son, I'm country, redneck, whatever you want to call it, but we used to take, catch June bugs and tie strings on them, and that was our first little, you know, Cox airplane. And uh, that's what I kind of looked like at the end of my daddy's hand as I was going around in circles, and he was. Yeah, y'all are getting it. Some of y'all were raised that way. But I know that my dad did what he did because I had done what I did. I found that if I didn't do things that were bad, that I wouldn't get disciplined. But the reason I did things that were bad in my justification is that I was a seeker of knowledge from a very young age. And so when daddy said, don't do something, I just had to find out why. I mean, you know, don't hate me for that, I'm just putting it out there. But I gained knowledge, I gained a lot of insight, and I gained a lot of wisdom, but it cost me, amen? And so I'm telling you today that when we gain insight and wisdom, there is a price that comes with that. We have to endure some things, we have to go through some things, we've got to deal with stupid people. Sometimes it's the reflection. But we still have to deal with it because we make bad choices and bad decisions. But as we go through life, what develops out of that? Good common sense. You know, being able to come in out of the rain, being able to put your clothes on without being told what clothes go with what, just good common sense. But I look at this now and I understand more because Jesus saying that I am the light of the world and all of the wisdom that lies within it amen let's keep going the more we study this word the more we see that it is not outdated the more we see that it has a relevance and an importance to us right now today i don't want to get too far ahead of myself but i want you to think about this as we go through this and i asked you this last week and i'm going to do it again and I'm gonna keep it in front of us as we go through Revelation. But he always says these words, he that hath an ear, let him hear. What if today was the day that he blew the trumpet? He just looked over and he said, Michael, tune that thing up, son. Get out there, light it up. What if it was now? Yesterday, I say yesterday, Friday, I had a a very tough experience. It wasn't as hard on me as it was the individual, but it still had weight. Anybody ever been through something like that? That something just carried weight with it as you deal with it? I was sitting in the parking lot and I was texting someone. I was fixing to pull out and I was texting. And I looked up and I looked down the road and there is a, an elderly gentleman who, uh, who likes to screw the lids off of bottles. I'm gonna leave it like that. Y'all can figure the rest of it out. And he stays intoxicated most of the time. He's a very small man. And someone who I thought was him stepped out in the road, just right down the street here and just fell over. Well, not my first rodeo when it comes to people being intoxicated, sad to say, or being intoxicated. And I figured he would push himself up, get up, and, and go on like he has done you know, so many times, but there was no movement. And I saw a car coming. Now, this person's laying out in the middle of the road, literally covering the double yellow line. I saw one car stop and get out. This individual has still not moved. The car came from this side, stopped, and two young people got out. And that's when I just pulled out and I pulled in behind them. And when I got there, I realized that it was an elderly woman who had tripped and fallen and was very badly injured. I got on my phone. I called 911, gave them my credentials, told them my location. And uh, they asked if I was comfortable hanging up. And I said, yeah, we got this. Just get somebody here. We got a firehouse just right down the street. Until you've been in a situation where you need help, you don't realize how long it takes when you're sitting in those seconds, and those seconds feel like minutes, and those minutes feel like hours because you're needing something. And that feeling of a helplessness. There's an elderly guy that stopped, and he was a volunteer fireman from years back, and he came out, and and we were afraid to move her because we didn't know what kind of condition she was in. But she had fallen on the left side of her face and she had messed, she didn't mess up her orbital bone, it was still intact, but she had broken the skin and and she was bleeding and her nose was bleeding, her glasses were broken, and one of her shoes was half off. And I realized what had happened then that where I come from, they call it giving yourself a flat tire, you know, when your shoe comes half off kind of a thing. And I figured that she was trying to get her shoe back on and she was still thinking she was walking. And so she fell. And I went over and I rendered aid and did the best I could and we got her up off the street there when the fire department got there and we got her over to her car so she could get warm. And I remember how helpless I felt that I couldn't fix this situation. And anybody that knows me knows that I'm the fix it guy. I wanna try to fix everybody's everything. And I got in my truck and I called my son who was on duty. And I told him, I said, son, I just need to talk. Can you talk with me just for a minute? I just need to talk. And he got really serious because he doesn't normally hear me talk like that. It's usually everybody talking to me like that. But this was a time I needed something. Y'all still with me? I needed something. I needed somebody to hear me. I needed to let some things go. I needed to get some things out of me. And as I began to talk to him, I broke down because what I could see, I could see my mother-in-law laying in that street. I could see my mother laying in that street. They're about the same age. And it just broke my heart. Someone so graciously gave Becky and I tickets to Mercy Me and Micah Tyler, and we went to the show, and it was so good. We enjoyed it so much. But while I was there, I asked God for something. I asked God for a gift. He was just really ministering to me, and I said, God, break my heart for what breaks yours. God, if it breaks your heart, let it break my heart. In other words change me lord get the callousness that i've developed after dealing with all the things that i've dealt with dealing with the police department with the the chaplaincy and and you know death notifications and calls and and i don't compare to a lot of people i know but i still carry stuff around are y'all still with me don't don't get lost here we're on track and as i began to pray i realized that what god was doing was he was showing me how valuable that little soul that was laying in the street was, that couldn't help herself, that could not do for herself, but she needed somebody. Now I'm bringing you this so you understand, if you are feeling dead inside, wake up. It's time to wake up. This is what we're dealing with today, is a dead church. I'm not saying our church is dead. I'm saying that our spirit sometimes can die, that our spirits sometimes go to sleep. The only two times that Sardis was successfully attacked and captured was because the guard was asleep. I say this to you today so that you can hear me. If you are the one on guard, wake up. Amen let's keep going be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die for I have not found your works perfect before God now remember this is Jesus speaking to John John is writing so he's examining he's saying be watchful we need to start paying a little more attention i'm just simply saying this i don't want you guys thinking that i'm fussing at anybody or any any group or anything i'm not fussing at anybody i'm just asking the question for you to ask yourself ask yourself this question am i awake am i awake spiritually right now am i in tune with what god is trying to say to me am i able to hear him right now and the truth of the matter is It's probably so noisy in your world that if you were to look in the face of Jesus right now and he was trying to talk to you, you could see his mouth moving but you couldn't hear him because there's so much going on in our world right now. Amen? And we've got to learn how to back up a little bit so that we can hear God so that he can change us, amen? Let's keep going. Remember therefore how you have received and heard, hold fast and repent. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief, and you will not know what hour I will come upon you. Now I'm going to ask this question because here lately I have been jumpy. I don't know what has caused it, but me and Becky will be watching a movie and something like going. I just, <laughs> I just jump. Have you ever been asleep? And somebody sneak up on you, or just stand like stand over you like that, and you wake up, and it's like it's just a a scary thing. I'm just some of you have, and some of you are still wearing the scars from doing that to somebody. (laughs) But as we sleep, we get caught up. There's there's a weird part of sleep. When I hunt, when I used to hunt all the time, one of the things that I absolutely loved doing was getting in the woods early and falling asleep in the woods before it was time to hunt. Because legally, you can't shoot before daylight, and I use that term legally. And so you should not do that, because if you do that, you're breaking the law. So don't do that. I encourage you not to do that. But that sleep that comes, you go to sleep, but you're still aware. You know what I'm talking about? How you just close your eyes, you're still hearing things, and you think you're still awake. Until you open your eyes and you've got that and you didn't realize how really asleep you really were, but you thought you were still hearing, but somehow in your mind, our mind plays tricks on us and we go to sleep and we think we're still awake. That's that twilight aspect. And if we're there, we still have a chance to hear something, but it's just another couple of minutes until we get into that REM sleep and we're gone and we can't hear anything. Now I've got some friends and I'm gonna move on, but I've got some friends, literally a buddy of mine that I worked with at Nissan. He had an alarm system hooked up to his stereo and he had those big book, not bookcase, but them big floor speakers. You know what I'm talking about, old school. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. He had those sitting on nightstands on both sides of his bed so it would go off to wake him up because he slept so hard. Now think about it, think about that. Is God having to crank it up to 11 just to get us to wake up? Just something for you to think about. Let's keep going. You have a few names, even in Sardis, who have not defiled their garments. And they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. Now, I want you to look at this one word right here, and I bring it to your attention every time it shows up in Scripture. But that word shall, every time you see the word shall, that's a legal term, and that will happen. You don't get to get out of it. You're going to do it. Even in the courts today, if they give you an order and they put the word shall in it, you're going to abide by it or you're going to jail. That's just the way it works. So I want you to understand that just because there are people around us that are not living right and not doing right, doesn't give us an excuse to not live right and not do right. We still have to hold a standard just because everybody's doing it. I used to say that to my dad all the time, well, dad, everybody's doing it. He said, son, just give me the group of everybody. I just want to know some names. And you know what I never could provide him with those names because number one I didn't want to incriminate myself or my friends but number two I never really could think of ever anybody so I use it as an excuse everybody's doing it the other day I had a situation and y'all pay attention to me the other day I had a situation I went to a local restaurant imagine that right I'm not going to tell you the name of the restaurant, but they had chicken and waffles. (laughs) And it was hot Nashville chicken. And I went in and I got me two strips on a waffle and some syrup and a big old glass of fruit tea. And I was about to feel good about myself until I realized they got a new cook. And that dude set that stuff on fire. So I was only able to eat one piece of chicken, and I wanted to. But I know the people that own the restaurant. So I... I come in, and they they got my picture on the wall, so I'm famous, or infamous, depending on who you are. And I walk in and they're all high-fiving, loving on me, and I'm loving back on them, y'all know me well enough to know. And as I was in there, there was a group of people sitting over here, and, and they were not from here, that's all I'm gonna say. You could tell by the way they talked, they were not from here. And so they had some views and opinions outstanding, and they weren't shy about speaking those views and opinions. And I went to leave, and so the owner came up to me and I, I checked out with the owner while there was people at the cash register. And the young lady at the cash register, I said, hey baby girl, give me some love. I got to get out of here. So she turned around and she gave me a hug. I reciprocated. I gave her a hug back. You would have thought that I had broken all 10 commandments in one fail swoop by the way that this little lady attacked me by looking at me saying, you're not supposed to do that. You know, that's my, she ain't from here. (laughs) And uh, so as as she was going through the process of of scolding me, I let her finish and well, not quite, I kind of (laughs) interjected. And as I did, I said, ma'am, I said, I am a full grown man. I was able to stand up on my own two feet, put my own clothes on this morning and walk out the door and drive my big diesel truck down here to get some chicken and waffles. I made a decision to ask her for a hug. She consented and gave me a hug back. We're grown. I'm sorry you don't see it that way. Now. This conversation was a whole lot brighter than that. I'm just leaving it right there. I didn't use any bad words, and don't, don't think that. But there was a whole lot more energy in it. But I thought to myself, if I'm willing to stand up enough for a hug, shouldn't I be more willing to stand up for my God? You see, if we back down because somebody says something about a hug, we will back down because somebody says something about our God. I'm just letting you know that but it's time that we wake up and understand that we have an obligation. If we are going to be seen as those who wear that white robe, then we need to act like the one that wears the white robe, amen?
0: You've been listening to Pastor Howie Cantrell with City Gate Church, located at 734 Red River Road, Gallatin, Tennessee. Please visit us in person for Sunday worship at 945. You may also see our live broadcast on Facebook and YouTube. From everyone at CityGate, have a blessed week.